Welcome to Succeed Even If. I'm Tom Arku. This is an unusual episode because Johanna is on assignment. I think her assignment is vacation. This episode is Succeed Even If Your Team is Struggling and You're Not Sure What to Do. It is a joy to welcome Taylor Cohn. He is the founder of Lightshed and he is a graduate of the D School at Stanford University. He has a background in mechanical engineering and design. I interviewed Taylor for my book, Convince Investors to Fund You. He has even lectured at Stanford University. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. I am so glad that you're going to share with us really valuable methodology. Why don't you bring us right in? Is there something you really hone in on when you're working with a team? Yeah, so the first step that's helpful to get clear on is you know, if a team is stuck, if they're struggling, to kind of ask the question, are they stuck on product, are they stuck on process, or are they stuck on people? Excellent. You know, each of those has many different facets, as you can imagine, but starting there and kind of setting off in the right direction right at the beginning of our time together can lead to the best outcomes that I've seen. Gotcha. So if they're stuck in product, what do you focus on? Yeah, well, there are obviously a lot of ways to go, but one of the early questions that I like to ask, and it gets at the idea of questioning the assumptions that the team is making, is asking the question, what is currently true about your product? And when I say product, maybe it's an actual product that's in the market. Maybe it's just a prototype. When I say product, I just mean the thing that you're building. And it could be a service also. But so I asked the question, what is currently true about your product? And uh, almost more importantly, what might not be true about ah. your product? What have you maybe not revisited in a while? What decision or assumption have you not questioned or validated for quite some time? Got it. Now, do you have an example of this? I have a personal example from actually one of my early design projects back from actually when I was a student and then continued after I was a student. It was actually an engineering project in Cambodia and I won't go into all the details of what it was, but it was essentially a fertilizer applicator for rice farmers in Cambodia. And we put about six to seven months of work into this product based on some of our, some time in the field, some time talking with our international partner, and lots of time talking with users and working with users, and then a lot of time prototyping in our shop. And what we realized after those six, seven months when we came back to actually test our sort of V1 prototype in the field was that it had totally failed. And when we... Oh. Yeah, when we went back to the drawing board, we essentially realized that a lot of the things that we were assuming to be true were not true. And some of those things were about the product itself. Some of those things were about the environment in which the product was going to be operating. So we had made some false assumptions about Cambodian soil, for instance. Mm -hmm. so that's sort of an example of where it, it definitely hit home for me and has made me very aware of questioning assumptions and being clear on what's true and what's not ever since. Got it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Now I'm interested in process. So if, if a team's stuck on process, I like to just start right at the beginning and ask the question, are we as a team clear and aligned on the process we're using? And most importantly, are we aligned and clear on where we are in that process? And for example, even if it's just a, a team going through the 
sort of classic design thinking process. There will be times when, you know, we're in the the empathize discovery phase where we're just trying to connect with users. We're trying to understand the, the pain points that they're experiencing. Maybe we're in an immerse phase where we're immersing ourselves in essentially in their shoes. And maybe someone on the team is starting to, to brainstorm a lot and start to generate a lot of ideas for how to solve those problems, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's worth asking the question, hey, you know, are we all aligned on where we are right now? And is it the best thing to jump ahead a couple steps to start solving a problem that we haven't really defined yet? Oh, I'm so glad that you bring that up because going down a blind alley, I hate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I'm with a team and if we lose time because we were fumbling as opposed to we were discovering and we were searching, I always like to say, how can we make this process better? I am not a person who wants to look back and say, okay, where's the blame? No, it's always about, okay, from this moment forward, how do we make this process better? How do we avoid that mistake? Absolutely. I'm sure that the different teams I lead now and I've led before, I'm certain that my value on being careful with time is probably very clear to those team members because I think probably my face just goes (laughs) when we went down an alley, a blind alley that we didn't have to. Now, I also understand, though, and I say it frequently that, oh, well, you know, we're people. Mistakes happen. And in fact, only by exploring, like being in the dark and feeling around can we discover certain things. So I get that, too. Yeah. So one more thing I wanted to add about the process side has to do with brainstorming and something that I've actually found in a lot of brainstorming meetings or get togethers that I've been a part of is there's a little bit too much time actually dedicated to generating ideas Uh and not quite enough defining what the actual question we're trying to answer is. Oh, bravo. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, look at all these beautiful ideas. It's not on point, but it's everywhere. I mean, right. it's, I'm, I'm swimming in them. You know? Exactly. And a lot of times, you, you know, you come out of an innovation workshop or a meeting and you say, okay, we, we generated 35 ideas or 100 ideas. But the real question is how many of those, to your point, are really relevant to what the real problem is and not even the problem that people would tell you the problem is because that might not even be the real problem. There are a lot of layers to this. And so I would actually give a team who's stuck the advice of they're trying to kind of brainstorm and idea generate their way out of being stuck. If you have a 60 minute meeting, rather than kind of coming in and maybe spending five minutes on what you're trying to get out of the meeting, which is honestly pretty rare in my experience too, spend 20 to 30 minutes of that time really defining what problem you're trying to solve, and then spend the other 20 to 30 minutes really exploring what the possibilities are. And then whatever time you have left over, talk about next steps and talk about you know how to prototype those ideas. Because I'm a prototyping guy, as you mentioned, mechanical engineering background. I like building yeah. stuff. So Yeah, too. I like making stuff all the time, yeah. too. Yeah. And I want to jump in with this detail. How would we recognize this is really the problem? Mm. So to actually have a little format there seems to me to be valuable, that people will say, what does a good solution look like? How would we recognize the essential problem? Because many times we think we're talking about the problem, but we're not. Now, in my work as a spoken word strategist, I'm always talking about having people connect and make things compelling. Mm. And often things are not compelling because we're not talking about the real issue. 
Exactly. And I would say the exact same thing. I would say, first off, if the team is not invigorated and inspired by the problem statement that you have in design thinking, we call it the point of view of your user, it's probably not there yet. That's the big piece of it, that there's energy can sometimes be seen as a woo-woo kind of concept. But truly, if the team has a lot of energy around a problem statement, Mm -hmm. it's a good sign. Oh, okay. Um, The other thing I would say, too, is if it's something that's obvious, if it's something that you sort of knew before you started your design work, you're not there yet. Wow. Excellent Um, distinction. I appreciate that. Now we're at the people part of the product process people. So share something, please. When it comes to the people side of things, I would ask, obviously there's a lot on the people side that could Mm -hmm. be keeping your team struggling. But a lot of it to me structurally comes down to involvement. So I would ask the question, is everyone involved in this situation who needs to be? And importantly, the flip side of that, is anyone involved in this situation who maybe need not be? <laughs> okay, yeah. No, that that's true. My background also includes being a feature film director. I don't want any non-essential folks on that set. Right. They're just in the way. And not only that, though, but because they know that they're not essential, they feel bad. And that creates bad feelings. So we need them somewhere else. Exactly. It can be a waste of resources in startups where people power, human power is critical. Right. So I am so thrilled about what you shared here. I certainly am going to listen to this multiple times and take some notes. Ah, This has been excellent. So do you have one more detail for us there, Taylor? Yeah, I think just to, to kind of close with how we began of anytime a team is stuck, I like asking and I would encourage the team to ask themselves, mm-hmm. are we stuck on product, process, or people? Excellent. So, Tom, what was one thing that you're taking away from our time together? Well, I'm taking multiple things away, but I'm just going to pull one thing that's top of mind. What I get from our conversation that really shakes me up is the idea, are we focused on what is true and are we aware of what might not be true? Mm-hmm. I think that's the essence of getting anything done with value. Definitely. Well, I would love for you to share. How can people connect with you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Taylor J. Cohn. And then if you want to just shoot me a direct email, Taylor at Lightshed.co. Excellent. Taylor at Lightshed.co. Thanks so much for all that you have shared with us, Taylor. This has been terrific. I want to thank everyone who's listened to this program. And we definitely appreciate you devoting some time with us. And we're so glad to be bringing these programs to you. Be well. Thanks so much. This broadcast is brought to you by Tom's online course at Udemy.com. Yes, I'm excited about my online courses called Success Secrets, Confidence and Skills to Handle Toxic People. It's available at a special discount price at Udemy.com. That's U-D-E-M-Y dot com. And you just type in my name, Tom Marcou, T-O-M-M-A-R-C-O-U-X. And you add the words, Success Secrets, and you'll find the course. Thank you. Click to subscribe to this channel. And then you'll be supporting Johanna, me, and our message. Tom helps people in other ways. As a spoken word strategist and executive coach, I help people really connect and get yes. I help them with their speeches, pitches, video marketing, and networking, and I help them prepare for that crucial life-changing meeting. As you're ready to go to the next step, see special videos, find out about my books and coaching at getthebigyes.com.
forward slash next step. And so remember, perform at your best with words, strategy, and rehearsal for your success.